This is the Chain Reaction Project. The Chain Reaction Project is a series of stories written in response to each other. A story is passed to the next writer in the chain, and they respond to it with another story, as loosely or as closely as they wish. Their story is then passed on to the next writer, and so on. This fifth story is written by Carla Grohls and is performed by Katie Sobey. You get a lot of them in here. Browsing. You looking for anything in particular? No, I'm just browsing. We wouldn't ordinarily ask. We had to move the books, of course. They used to be in the back, tucked away in shame, where no right-minded book snob would stumble upon them. You know the ones, the ones that did English lit at uni. The ones who work in bookshops. The ones like me. You can see them. The book snobs versus the self-helpers. We tried to put them as far away from each other as possible so that the book snobs' cultivated disdain wouldn't infect the relentless positivity of self-help and the relentless positivity of self-help wouldn't offend the book snobs' cultivated disdain. It's a hard job, but you know. However. However, there's a problem with self-help. It attracts a certain kind of... How should we say? Customer. The browsing customer. Well, of course you're welcome to browse. Of course you're welcome. That's what bookshops are for, right? So you can browse and then buy it cheaper on Amazon. Yeah, we know. We see you furtively checking the price on Amazon on your phones. We see it all. But this is a different kind of browsing customer. When they walk into the shop, it's an event. It's the woman who feels earthquakes every five minutes. It's the guy with a rotten leg who wants to talk about Marianne Williamson. It's the man who stands in front of the bookshelf with his eyes closed, paused, deep breathing, palms outstretched. And you say, You looking for anything in particular, sir? And he says, No, I'm waiting for the right book to speak to me. And so we wait for the right book to speak up. You know, these things take time. You know, it takes time for books to find their voices. You know, it takes time for a book to develop a voice and call out to its human customer. You know, it takes time. When you know, you just know. And so you watch. And wait. And the human customer, he keeps listening, all his ear holes open, even the spiritual ones. And we watch. A sigh passes from my colleague, a mutterance from myself. And we wait. And we wait. And the guy still has his eyes closed, and we get bored and we start talking, talking about the art book which features a penis hat, and wouldn't my colleague like to model a penis hat for his esteemed colleague, myself? And he says, no, where do you get a penis hat anyway? And I say, well, make one. And he says, what, with a real penis? And I say, you could always borrow one. And he says, from who? And I say, it doesn't matter as long as you make it happen. He is deep in thought, my colleague, thinking about how to make this happen. And our guy, our man, has opened his eyes. And we say, well, did it speak to you? Not today, he says. Not today. Then he walks out, seemingly dejected. Seemingly. Seemingly browsing. Okay, so I know you're not making the connection, right? 
I mean, who would? It's so unexpected. But is it? A young woman comes into the shop. You can see she's recently been searching for herself. The signs are all there. The hair, the clothes, the gait. It's all affectedly different. People in bookshops always wear their affectations. It's as plain as day. They saunter, they swagger, or they sashay in and you just know the book they're looking for. Donna Tart, a Harry Potter, Da Vinci Code, books with made-up maps. Don't even have to tell us, we're already pointing you in the direction of your spot in the bookshop. And they look at you like, how do you know? Well, because you're not as individual as you think, unfortunately. And it's the way you dress. Metal t-shirts, fantasy. Spectacles, literary fiction. Someone with muscles, buying a gift. And then there are the self-helpers. Either extremely ordinary or extraordinarily extreme. One or the other. Never in between. So the young woman, she comes into the shop and we're pointing self-help and there she goes. And there she browses. And we know she's going to be a while because how do you choose the book that will change your life? Do you pick at random, believing everything happens for a reason? Do you close your eyes, consult your spirit animal, decipher its bark, growl or cluck, and then are guided to it? Or do you just get on the Amazon recommendations? It's difficult for the self-helpers, you see. Their decision-making process is as important, if not more important, than the actual book. It needs to have meaning. The action of plucking the book from the shelf needs to have meaning. It needs to be a revelation. The beginning of the rest of your life. And as my colleague and I watch and wait talking about penis hats, he's stifling burps, me stifling existential angst, we wait for the browser to bring their life-changing purchase to the counter. Truth be told, only the ones who check their Amazon recommendations bring their potentially life-changing purchases to the till. We can spot those who still have a foot in reality. The others, well, we keep a close watch. A very close watch. So much so, we move the self-help section right next to the till. And my colleague and I break in our talk of hats to watch, but pretend not to watch. Because last stock take... Looking for those elusive, too elusive titles. It happens every time. So this young woman, my colleague spotted the telltale signs, like this was one to watch, and as we conversed we knew what was about to take place. So we did our spiel, pretending not to watch, and my colleague turns to me to demonstrate something, and I see it over his shoulder. And it's on. I give him the nod. And there's a silent agreement as we decide who's going to do it. There's a silent accelerated rock, paper, scissors. Him, me, him, me, him, me, him. Excuse me, miss. She looks startled. Excuse me, but... She starts making her way to the exit. And he follows. Excuse me, but... And she breaks into a run. And I run to the window to watch. And she runs and he gains. And he tries not to touch her, but... Well, he does. And she spins around and he touches her breast, and she flings him off, and he touches her again, and she's like, get away! And he's like, sorry, but... And people are starting to gather. And this is the part I like best. He goes in, and suddenly they're grappling, and everyone is watching, and there are calls of, get your hands off her, you brute! Woman hater! Call the police! And he's quick. He's nimble, my colleague. Oh, so nimble. He does it. He holds the book aloft, 
sequestered from her inside jacket pocket. Who knew? She looked like such a nice girl. Who knew? Well, we did. Because the reason the self-help is now next to the till and the reason we keep a close watch is because people mistake it for help yourself. She said it slipped her mind. She forgot to pay. She comes back in and does her chip and pin and she can't look at us, pretending to find something very interesting in the gift books on the counter. There's never anything that interesting in the gift books, except perhaps for those with muscles buying a gift for their friend who reads. But we know. We always know. It's always the ones who feel the earthquakes. It's always the ones who read Marianne Williamson. It's always the ones looking for the beginning of the rest of their lives. You can see it in their eyes. And you know. You just know.